Well, we had local bonds trade relatively mixed today, but uh, faring much better in July compared to the second quarter when foreigners in particular pulled out of funds due to poor sentiment. In fact, among 19 emerging markets tracked by Bloomberg Barclays indices, so far this quarter the country's bonds have earned a 3% return, the best after Argentina, Brazil and Mexico. And some are forecasting that those gains could accelerate in coming months, with Standard Bank seeing the yield on the benchmark 2026 bonds at 8.3% by year and from about uh, 8 8.77% currently. By the close, the yield on the benchmark R186, as you can see there, at 8.71% from 8.77% previously, while the R207 uh, ending the session at 7.42% from 7.48% previously. Joining me in studio now with more analysis of the activity we're seeing, James Turf of APSA Asset Management. Thanks so much, James, for joining us Thanks today. So, one of the headlines on BD Live today foreign investors returned to South African bond markets after three months of selling. What's gotten this interest going again? Because despite nothing much having changed, they are emerging as net buyers of government debt right now. Sure. Thanks, Alicia. So, yeah, we've seen massive selling from foreigners, haven't we? Bringing, it's basically selling 50 billion rands worth of bonds over two months earlier this year, bringing that position down to a negative around 30, 35 billion worth of sales year to date. That is a result of shrinking global liquidity. So, just simple math would tell you they'd have to be selling out of their exposure to South Africa. However, as yields have moved higher as a result of that, both selling here and broad emerging market selling, there's value. Inflation here continuing to be flat and not moving as high as expected, showing great real returns in our assets. So that's probably tempting some of those funds to come back. As you highlight locally, we've had that uh, lower than expected June inflation data coming mm. in as a positive and certainly a, a bullish surprise. How much does ESCOM's mountainous debt and the potential risk it poses to the fiscus distract from that positive element, bearing in mind that we've had uh, the Chinese government make quite a hefty pledge today. That's right. So kind of short-term relief, really, because we know there's this cash flow problem at ESCOM. They need this huge quantity of funding just to, to be able to pay salaries and, and make running, uh, pay running costs. So this does take two-thirds of that funding requirement and push it out. It's a loan, though, that's got to be repaid from operating yeah, profits that they make. So it does relieve short-term pressure, so that's good news. But it does it is a government guaranteed loan, so it puts pressure once again on that government guarantee that ESCOM has. ESCOM still needs to do an offshore bond as well. So they're not out of the woods, certainly, but this relieves pressure. What it does, though, it still adds pressure to the fiscus, of yeah. course, as you say. Because, of course, what everyone's waiting to see is if government steps in with yet another bailout, even if it is uh, later down the road, because it would undermine the government's commitment to actual fiscal consolidation as we go along. And that's certainly the ratings agencies, uh, you know, something that the ratings agencies have their eye on. Definitely. That's a, a, you know, at least for now, we can take a breather with rating agencies. Yeah. But closer to the end of the year, it's going to be once again looking at these revisions to GDP lower are going to be a concern to rating agencies, as well as this fiscal um, stress that the, that, that the, the state-owned companies yeah. and the contingent liabilities bring to that. So. Uh, given those local factors and the fact that now 
you know, we've seen outflows originally having been sparked by the stronger dollar and U.S. Uh, Treasury rates moving higher in the global arena, and that very much still on the cards. Mm. Surely too soon to call it a complete reversal, right, of yeah. uh, bond flows at this stage. We've got to really put things into perspective. That's true. I mean, it's only really been three or so billion inflows resuming. Um, foreign holding, as I say, is at a, a low of around 40% at the moment compared to where they've been just a few months ago. And it's the global feeling around bond markets is that bonds are set just to naturally yields to move higher as the US normalizes, as yield curves are very flat, but mm. perhaps there's even talk about yield curves starting to steepen with Bank of Japan next week, perhaps addressing that as well. So markets focused on ECB this week, BOJ next week for views on their ultimately unwinding that quantitative easing that's been this global supply. Of but you've got to be very discerning because on the one hand, you've got uh, you know speculation that the Bank of Japan may soon trim mm. its massive stimulus. On the other hand, you've got China's uh, government uh, bond yields jumping uh, and that after Beijing's cabinet saying that it would pursue more vigorous fiscal policy and, uh, you know, as traders bet on further easing of monetary uh, conditions on that end. Yeah, it's so, I mean, it's difficult to keep up with all these global developments as well on yields too. You've got to keep a look at it. I, we try and focus more on the U.S., the more liquid markets, yeah. certainly, for where our interest differentials are on, on those curves. But um, you still have to take a look at South Africa inflation versus where our yields are for us as domestic investors. So for all of that foreign selling, there have been big domestic buyers of that because they're showing good value. Absolutely. And the opportunity there. Let's leave it there, James. Thanks so much for having joined us in studio this Thanks evening. So of course, that APSA Asset Management's fixed income portfolio manager, James Turp.